Hello, I'm John Smizer, a pastor who enjoys God's Word. It's such an inspiring part of my life as I discover and find new bits of truth that God has that He shared with people 2,000, 2,500 years ago, but it transcends time. The truth that God's Word is active and sharper than any two-edged sword and able to get right to the point with me, the part of my life where I need to adjust, need to follow Him. You know, in the book of James, it talks like a, a person who goes to the mirror in the morning, disheveled and and for those who have hair, with hair all messy, and they look in the mirror, and do they take on the, the area that they see all messed up, and do they straighten their hair and shave or, or whatever is required, what the mirror has shown them needs to happen? It's the same way with God's Word. If God's Word, as we open it, uh, sparks a bit of understanding in our lives. Are we ready? Are we willing to adjust or change to see that God's Word is going to cause me to grow? Now the end result, and I'm, I'm not even close, and I dare say you're not even close, but the end result is that we would look just like Jesus Christ. Someday we will see him face to face, and then the work will be done. But for now, we need to hear his word. Let's look into it today. First Chronicles chapter 11, verses 10 through 47. These were the chiefs of David's mighty warriors. They, together with all Israel, gave his kinship strong support to extend it over the whole land, as the Lord had promised. This is the list of David's mighty warriors. Jeshobeam, a Hekmanite, was chief of the officers. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty warriors. He was with David at Pasdamim when the Philistines gathered there for battle. At a place where there was a field full of barley, the troops fled from the Philistines. But they took their stand in the middle of the field. They defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Three of the thirty chiefs came down to David to the rock at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out to the Lord. 
God forbid that I should do this, he said. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it back, David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was the chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. He was doubly honored above the three and became their commander, even though he was not included among them. Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzil, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down an Egyptian who was five cubits tall. Although the Egyptian had a spear like a weaver's rod in his hand, Benaniah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaniah, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in great honor than any of the thirty, but he was not included among the three, and David put him in charge of his bodyguard. I grew up here in the Southern California area, and early in my years, there was a team that was part of Los Angeles, but then it left Los Angeles, and now they're back. It's called the LA Rams. Back in the day when the Rams were here, as I was growing up, uh, I was in high school, and there were these four gentlemen on the defense. They were called the Fearsome Foursome. Deacon Jones, Merlin Olson, and two others, which I, off the cuff, can't tell you right now. But they were well respected in the football realm, and today we're going to look at David's uh, magnificent three plus one. As we open God's Word today, we recognize that there is a difference between the mighty men and then just the general run-of-the-mill troops. When we look here at uh, the mighty men in verse 10 of First uh, Chronicles 11, verse 10, it says, These were the chiefs of David's mighty warriors. They together with all Israel gave his, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. Oh, wait a second. There's a rabbit trail here. We're looking at the book of Chronicles. Now the Chronicles are right alongside of the books of history of Samuel and Kings. But what Chronicles brings in is the spiritual aspect. The Chronicles is written from the, the temple or the priestly side. And so when it says here, as the Lord had promised, it gives us a foundation to know that God's hand is at work here. Now, I want to draw you down to the portion on verse 13 and 14 when it says, He was with David at mm -hmm, when the Phil Philistines gathered there for battle, at a place where there was a field full of barley. The troops fled from the Philistines. As compared to the mighty men who were ready to stand, and we'll see here in a minute, were ready to stand with David, the troops fled. They were fearful. In the work that you do within the ministry of life, 
in the church or in the mission field, whatever you're about, wherever you're working, realize that there are times that only certain people will stand alongside you in the battle. Only certain people will stand with you and fight that fight. For so many, they may scurry away. If you remember when Jesus was taken to trial, the 11, well, 11 and, and Peter all were there with him in the garden, but the others scurried away and the only one who was there at the trial was Peter. Yes, he denied him, but so often we're going to recognize that there are those people who will be around us, the troops, but they at times may desert us as many of the disciples deserted Christ. And so here David is deserted and left with only a few. But, but let's read verse 14. But, do you remember one of my favorite words in the Bible? It's but. Whenever we hear something, but. We've heard here now that the troops fled from the Philistines. But, they, this is the mighty men, they took their stand in the middle of the field. They defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord, remember, it's God's hand in all these activities. The Lord brought about a great victory. Now, we could say it's all about these guys and how strong and how good they were at doing battle. But here in Chronicles, we want to recognize it's the Lord who brings about the victory. And so in our lives and in our ministries, there are going to be many people that will leave or desert or, or, or not want to get involved. But we, as we see God leading and directing us, we must be ready to stand. Invite those who are mighty in battle of prayer, of intercession, of those who are hearing God's word, those people, we need to encourage them to stand with us and fight the fight. The battle might be at times um, a community or somewhere where they are standing up against the good that God would want to accomplish. It seems like in my culture in America today, many people stand up against what is considered good and they advocate for the opposite. They advocate or they promote and they want to encourage many people to do what Scripture calls sin, where in places that God has very clearly laid out what is wrong, a lot of people just run away from it. But we're called on as leaders, as mature believers, to call people to say, no, this is what God wants of you. We must do the good and leave and know and realize that the victory is the Lord's. Today, as we have looked at God's word, I pray that it will encourage you a little further on in verses 22 through 25, it speaks of a gentleman who it displays or describes to us 
the, the battles he had fought. And I'm reminded of a passage in Jeremiah that speaks about if we're going to run with the big dogs, we've got to learn to run it all. For in Jeremiah it says, if you grow weary in running with men, what think makes you think you can run with the horses? And so in our process of maturing, I pray that you will not grow weary in the run that you have, not grow weary in doing the right thing, not grow weary in the challenges the Lord sets before you this day. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who provides for us all we have need of. And truly, as we look at our lives, we can realize that anything that we would call a victory or anything that we would say we have conquered is only accomplished, Lord, in your power and in your strength. By your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray this day that in my life and those today who are viewing this broadcast, that we would see and we would surrender, Lord, we would open ourselves to your work in our lives and not run fearfully, but knowing, Lord, it's you that we are following. Guide us this day in your precious name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world of stepping in closer, see Jesus.